Welcome to the Small Business Edge Podcast with Brian Moran, sponsored by Pitney Bowes. Now, here's your host, Brian Moran. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Small Business Edge Podcast. I'm Brian Moran, and today I'm excited because I have Christine Haas on my show today, and this is part of a very special series of podcasts that we're doing specifically for women and minority business owners. We want to help them finish 2020 strong and hit the ground running in 2021. You can go to our website, www.smallbusinessedge.com, to find more information about the boot camp that we're running, and we're all over social media. So if you haven't had a chance to take a look, take a look at it after you listen to this podcast. So Christine Haas, she is the founder of Christine Haas Media where they turn individuals and companies into media experts to generate revenue, growth, and leads for their business. She's had a long career in, uh, as an Emmy award-winning TV anchor and news reporter at stations around the country. She does fantastic work with clients, and I'm really excited to talk to her about getting you women and minority small business owners ready for media interviews and for doing business with people all around the world today. So with that, I want to welcome to the Small Business Edge podcast, Christine Haas. Thank you so much, Brian. It's a pleasure to be here. You should be my agent with that kind of <laughs> Well, for me. I feel so my head's blown up. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, you know what? I've seen your videos. I've seen the statements that your clients and, and previous clients have made about you, and they just sing your praises. So obviously, you're somebody who is re- well-renowned in this area, and I can't thank you enough for being on our podcast to help our listeners better understand how they can use media to grow their business. Yeah, absolutely. And they can. Right. So you know what? Let, let's, let's get into it. What type of clients are you getting today to use your company services? Who's calling you? Yeah, and it's a good question. Really, anybody who needs exposure or brand building right now should be calling me. Um, And, you know, that's pretty much any business at this point. But um, typically, it's for individuals, we've got people who are attorneys or doctors who are really trying to build their own brand and their expertise and really establish in their niche. And then we have companies that will come to us for more exposure. And in some cases, you know, reputation management, where people are essentially coming to us to either adjust the messaging that's already been done in error or to um, prevent, prevent some of those news stories from getting out there. Right. And I know that we have those types of listeners on our podcast because they, you know, reached out to us and all that. Um, and, and for today's podcast, I'm, I'm, I'm also hoping that we can reach, let's call it the non-traditional client, you know, the women and minority business owners that aren't thinking about having a media presence. You know, they're thinking, you know, running a business today is brutal, even for the best of companies, right? And so it's almost like they put blinders on. They say, okay, I'm going to focus on my customers. I'm going to focus on my expenses and I'm going to focus on whatever obstacles in the path in front of me. And a lot of times they don't think about their media presence. But you would agree that today, like there are so many more channels and thanks to, you know, innovations like Zoom, yes. every, everybody's on video and everybody's on a podcast, right? I mean, these, these channels are growing 
exponentially. You know, it's so interesting because a lot of people think, you know, uh, PR or media placement or any of that is the last on the list when it comes to budgeting right now. And it couldn't be further from the truth because I've seen the results that I have. And I'm not just trying to toot my own horn. I was also uh, in a mastermind group and asked one of the mastermind folks, how do I charge people right now? I feel bad asking them for money right now. And they said, no, don't you realize right now is the time. And we have seen that for our clients. And I'll tell you why. More people are engaged in social media than ever before. Um, more people are tuned in um, for other issues like politics, for example. And I always say it's not what you get um, as far as that evening news placement. It's what you do with it. So, mm -hmm. for example, you know, if we get you on TV tomorrow night to talk about, you know, your thoughts on how small businesses are doing in the climate of COVID. Um, that Zoom interview that you would do most likely or in-person interview, depending on the COVID status, then it's, you put it on Facebook, um, Instagram, LinkedIn, you name it. And all of a sudden you've been featured. And what I love about um, COVID, I don't love much about COVID. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> perspective Zoom is now the way everybody's being interviewed for TV. So if you came to me a month, well, what, how many months ago it's been? Seven months, eight months before COVID, I would have had to plan out a media tour and adjust with your, your assistant about how I could get you to travel to all those locations. Now I can get somebody on TV three or four times in one week in various different cities right from Zoom. So it has opened these doors in a way that never before, and this exposure is critical because it really does help your brand, especially um, when we're talking about women and minorities. Um, yeah. You touch on that, and if you mind, I, and you feel free to interrupt me or cut me off, we can uh, talk about this again later. But I want to tell you as a former journalist, um, it's just like any other business. You're always looking to reflect um, your community. So we are tending to find minorities or um, women, for example, to feature them as success stories or whatever they're going through, but we want that representation and it's lacked, it's lacked a lot, you know, and it really um, is one of those areas where, in fact, I have a African-American um, gentleman who's an investor and I am always hearing from producers, can you find me an African-American who can talk about this issue? Because we have very few minorities um, and we really yeah. want to seek that out. So yeah. there are unique opportunities for women and minorities, um, and rightfully so. And it's exciting to see that. Yeah. I, I, you know, one of the things, one of my mantras for years, and you and I both have backgrounds in media. You were a longtime, you know, broadcast journalist. And I spent, uh, you know, almost 25 years in, in print publishing. And so... Um, Back in 2005, I actually started a magazine called Urban Success, and it was written for inner city entrepreneurs because I said, you know, they're just not getting the coverage that they need. It's almost like they're on an island. And, and I know this. I know this for business owners. When you can have diversity in race and ethnicity and gender and thought, you know, so when you can see what other business owners are doing who are in much different situations from you, that gives you a unique perspective that you wouldn't normally get, right? So you're, you're a suburban or a rural business owner. You have the opportunity to talk to an inner city business owner or vice versa, where you're a man talking to women, old person talking to a young person, white male talking to a minority. 
It gives you that unique perspective that you wouldn't get if you're just talking to people who are in your same you know, gender, ethnicity, race, and type of business. Then, then you're missing out not only on, on um, what your market is doing, but the world's market. That's right. Yeah, so, so I, I think we're, we're very much in alignment there. I'll tell you one, one other quick funny story. Not funny, beautiful story. Um, for another podcast I do, we interviewed, interviewed a woman named Alia Natoto, uh, African-American woman in Oakland, California, who makes wine out of flowers. Really? And it's, yeah, it's, it was such a great story. Yeah. And she's award-winning, and she's sold out of her wines, it's a fantastic story because as a woman in the wine business, as a, a woman of color in the wine business, she really was, um, had to overcome a lot of obstacles. People didn't take her seriously. They wanted to talk to her partner, who's a white male. And, and they said, no, you know what? This is, and, and we're at a time and a place now, I think, where we're starting to really crack through a lot of the, um, you know, discrimination and racism. I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, we never go back to it. But she is a fantastic story of someone who persevered and who won and who continues to win. Yeah. So that's that's the whole idea for this this uh, boot camp that we're doing. And a critical element is media attention, mm-hmm. right? And and being ready for when the camera goes on. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the obstacles that women and minority business owners may face. Um, you know, when they're getting ready to go either, either before they're on camera or leading up to it, you know, give me, give me some of the obstacles that you see. Sure. So of course, this is true for women and minority owned business owners, but it's true for anybody. Um, one of the biggest things that I see is people feel like they have to have an entire marketing plan done and that all of their specifics have to be perfect and they it holds them captive they don't mm-hmm. take the next step they don't start to get the exposure because they're like oh i don't know i this isn't ready and this isn't ready so i'm just not going to do anything and i feel like that's the biggest obstacle for people is to take that first step and say okay i'm going to try um you and i both know i mean certainly it's important to have a good website um and that, no question but there are a lot of very successful business owners out there, maybe it's consulting or coaching or whatever it might be, who really run most of their business straight through Facebook or their social media. And those leads come right in um, regardless of what the website looks like. And so right. I, I always say, first things first, stop you know, the, the thought process that you're not ready for it. You need to be ready for it. And right now is a prime time because you know, you, if you look like you're surviving, even if it's a rough month, if you look like you're surviving right now through COVID, people respect that and they understand that you're doing something that works. And that is magical for a lot of business owners. Um, so I would say the first step is do that. Second step is to really understand, you know, what your news, your message would be. Um, a lot of people don't know what their message should be. And they think, okay, well, I'll just get on TV or I'll get on there and comment about something or whatever it might be. And really, you have to make sure that it's consistent with your ongoing brand messaging um, and clarify your own message. What is it that you do and what do you want to be known for? Um, one of the things that I will tell you that I always tell my clients is that even if you do three or six months with me and we get a ton of exposure, 
you can reuse that for a long time to come. And so unless there's a Christmas tree behind you, nobody knows it's kind of like Christmas time, right? Right. So I always say like, you reuse this stuff, repurpose it. But when yep. that happens, you have to make sure that you're thinking a year ahead of time as well. We have to be consistent with your brand messaging. And so the only thing that I think anybody should slow down for um, before going on the news or getting into the media is really thinking about what do I want from this? What do I want to be known for? Right. And essentially, if, if you're in the type of business where you can get an ROI, um, then that's important too. What kind of investment? I'll give you a quick story. So I have a, a personal injury attorney who hired us and um, said, I want, you know, exposure. I want brand awareness. And I said, okay, but what's your biggest moneymaker? And he thought about it and he said, well, really the big stuff is the big rig truck accidents. That's where the big paychecks come from us. I said, okay, so let's drill down and make you the local expert or even the statewide expert on big rig accidents because they're your payday. So we would look as a team, you know, as journalists, as you know, um, okay, so what's the latest research on big rig accidents? Um, if during COVID right now, big rigs are very important and people are being, drivers are being stressed to the limit because they're asked to drive a lot more for the grocery stores to keep up demand. So we were looking for these links. But my point in telling you this story is the fact that when we honed in on that and got him a couple of news stories, his phone really did start ringing and he yeah. was really noticing it for big rig accidents. Um, the victims, of course, who, you know, had turned around and said, well, I didn't realize I should have done X, Y, and Z. And it's a moneymaker if you're really good with your messaging. Right. So it sounds like in your messaging, well, there are a couple of things already and I hope people are taking notes. But one is you have to develop your personal brand and your company brand and that they have to be in alignment. You're going to be the face of your company, right? So how, how is your personal brand and how is your company brand? And I love the idea of, of putting up your picture, you know, in front of, of 20 of your colleagues and friends and customers and say, you know, give me three or four words to describe this person. You know, much the way you would do like a logo, like NFL or Starbucks or Mercedes Benz. People have opinions of those logos, right? Good or bad, they know, you know, okay, here's what I think of the NFL, one, two, three, or right. Mercedes-Benz, one, two, three. Well, if I put up a picture of Christine or Brian, well, you know, don't make sure they don't have tomatoes when they're looking at my picture, but, <laughs> no, but, but um, you know, they're going to have opinions and they're going to say, oh, Brian, one, two, three, Christine, one, two, three. And so I, I like that idea of thinking about, you know, your brand, your personal brand and how it works with your company brand. And then what I'm hearing is your messaging, that there needs to be that bullseye, yeah. right? And, and then it goes out, the circles go out from the bullseye. So, you know, here's your unique selling proposition. And you want to hit that message time and time again, you know, big rig truckers, but I'm sure that it probably, people have called them and said, well, do you also do this? Yes. Right, exactly. You just want to get the awareness, but you want to channel to the spot that you need to be in. But it, it, that doesn't always um, translate for every type of business. There might be, there are quite a few people who just want the credibility of being seen as an expert in their area. And sometimes it's a wide ranging field, you know, financial expert, for example, maybe it's a mortgage broker or somebody who is on the financial side or in Wall Street or, you know, stocks or, you know, really special in that, I can get them on TV to talk about anything financial at that point, which is always good because it shows the respect of the media. 
And I, I think it's interesting that the media is such a uh, credibility uh, grabber for people because many times the, they'll call you or they'll do the story or interview you as an expert. And they don't even know your resume. But as soon as the media endorses you, it's like you're a rock star, which yeah. is yeah. you know, yeah. it's funny because um, anybody who puts themselves out there and I, I say funny, it's actually powerful because anybody who puts themselves out there um, can get that kind of um, response. And one thing I would just uh, mention too, is a lot of people think, oh, my resume is not big enough. I have not done enough before to earn the respect or to be able to get on the news. Absolutely not true. Um, you become what you say, you know, and you, you get out there and you show your knowledge in a certain area, you'd be surprised. There are a lot of people you might be watching on the news as experts on CNN or Fox, or I'm not, you know, categorizing by specific station, but any national or even local, you think that they're experts, but they don't even have half the pedigree or the resume that many people who are quiet and don't even want to take the next step. Yeah, I totally, and you're going to, it's storytelling. Yes. You know, here, so I've been doing this for 30 years. Here's what I've learned in those 30 years about small business owners and entrepreneurs. And you're right. It's sharing that knowledge, that wisdom that you have learned and you've acquired over the years, and you're sharing with other people. It's best practices. It's overcoming obstacles. So the, if you approach it in that way, that you're helping people by sharing your knowledge, I think that's how you, you know, other people will label you an expert. Right. You know, I, I always, I always, and, and, and this is my very lack of self-promotional side. I hate, I, and I would never call myself an expert and I hate calling myself that, but I'm always wary of people who call themselves a guru or a ninja <laughs> or some other, you know, you know, trending term about what they are. I always want to see what other people are saying about them. And it kind of goes back to that, you know, um, you know, put their picture up and what are the three or four key words that people share? As you know, um, when I left TV, I started doing uh, media and PR and video branding for a company called Digital Marketer. And Ryan Dice is the CEO. And one of the biggest lessons that I received as I was taking some of the courses and marketing and that type of thing, just through people like Donald Miller at StoryBrand, that type of stuff, was the power of the hero's journey. Now, heroes, you know, the hero's journey is really, mm -hmm. you know, from the concept of movies, but you don't ever want to be the one to toot your own horn. You want somebody to do that for you, as you're right. just hopefully saying. And so, um, that's what I think the media does for people is they don't have to stand up there and say, hi, I'm great. They're, the media is asking them and endorsing them for their expertise and it allows them to shine um, yeah. that way without doing that. But the biggest mistake I believe anybody can do is just, you know, look arrogant or get out there and say, you know, I am the expert. Well, as you say, the guru, I, we see a lot of that, unfortunately, in the pictures yeah. online of people pose with Ferraris or whatever. It's like, okay, yes. <laughs> right. Did you buy Buy that car did you rent it for the day you know right. or do you just happen to be walking by the showroom exactly Here, here's yeah. a good one um well yeah and, and i think uh you know the the media too what i've learned about media is that media doesn't care what you've done they yeah. want to know what you can do for their listeners their viewers their audience their readers yeah. right and the readers want the same thing and i say that a lot you know for the person the realtor who all they do is list all the awards that they won or all the properties that they sold. Nobody cares. Everyone says, okay, that's great. So you have a track record, but what can you do for me? 
Yes. And I think that's probably the, the single most important lesson that I can share, at least, with people who want to get media attention and involved in the media and to be able to share their stories, is that the takeaway has to be, what can you do for the people who are listening to that? And hopefully, in, and I know we have, but in this podcast, we've given some people some excellent takeaways so far. Um, all right. And, and speaking of takeaways, so the media has changed a lot in the last five years. I, I mean, I'm so depressed about what's happening in print publishing right now. I still buy, you know, three, three or four newspapers every day. I try and buy the magazines to support them. But um, how has the media changed and how has this opened up opportunities for people to become experts in their defined markets? It's changed so much, um, as you mentioned, in print, but also in TV. Uh, and it has opened doors if you understand how to utilize it. Um, so part of the reason why I left is because I saw the writing on the wall in that reporters, um, I was an evening anchor and investigative reporter. And a lot of the folks on our team, the reporters went from having a videographer to go out with them and edit their stories to having to go and do it all on their own. Right. What happens is, as you know, just not that long ago, five, six years ago, um, even maybe eight, it started the transition. They used to have MMJs, multimedia journalists. And what they're doing is trying to compete with, you know, the iPhone type of reporters or the iReporters who are already out there in the public and already right. pushing stuff out there before the station can even get there. So they were cutting costs. Um, so the biggest impact that that has for our listeners is to understand that if you serve a reporter the story and the pitch in the right way and help make their job easier, because it is intensely difficult right now because of deadlines and lack of resources, you will win almost every time. Yeah. And the people that I've hired on my team, I have two people on my team that are former uh, journalists. And I want them to understand and think like journalists because that's where I believe we've had the success in understanding how to serve the story in a way that most PR folks who have never been in the media and don't understand the media um, fail to do. And so we get results that way. Um, it's about just making sure that, um, you know, you, the mindset is the fact that these reporters, I mean, I know the media is getting a bad name. There are still very good reporters out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they're trying really hard to make deadlines and they're cutting costs and they're worried about layoffs. And in some cases, you know, they are shooting their own stuff. In New York City, the reporter mm -hmm. I worked with last week, shooting her own stuff, editing her own stuff in three stories in about six hours. Yeah. And yeah. around the city and trying to do all that. So I say that because if you can be organic or um, evergreen with your story ideas and edu you know, help them advance their narrative or whatever story or a follow-up that they can do and you pitch it to them and you, you package it well for them, they're going to want that story because you've just made their job easier. Right. All, that's fantastic advice. And I couldn't agree more. Well, you know, one, one of the things that I do when somebody wants to interview me, radio, TV, or uh, a print, or digital, um, I'll say, what do you want to talk about? Now, they're, they're interviewing me for my expertise, which they probably don't have, right? They, they, they want to get my opinions on stuff. So I say, um, I'll either write out the questions and the answers, or I'll say, Send, I will. Or, or, and, and I can do it in such a way that it's yeah. like, 
you just plug and play, just slip it right into the article. There you go. Or yeah. I'll say, you know, send me the questions. I'll fill out the answers. Or, or if it's a, a radio or TV interview, <clears throat> I'll say, let's, let's talk about what you want to come out of this story. Right. And then we'll, I'll help them craft the questions. I'll be on their side to help them do that. I, I can't tell you how many people say, thanks a lot. That was really helpful. And it yeah. cut down a lot of the time that we would normally spend on putting this story together. Yes. So I totally agree. And one thing that I will add to that is if you get that first interview and establish that relationship, I'm sure this happens to you. They're going to come back to you with random stuff all the time because they remember you as, oh, that guy really made my job easy and he was really good. And so you are a quick resource. Right. Um, I struggle with clients who will say, oh, I'm not available for a week, you know, or something of that nature. And it's like, you're making my job impossible because I'm giving you the exposure and you're not available or you're too busy. And anybody who's trying this even on their own, pitching local news to get in there, they can do that and they can become a reliable resource or expert for these reporters if they can continuously provide the, the expertise in a easy and last minute fashion sometimes. Absolutely. And one thing, one side benefit of this is that you do this for six months. I want everybody listening to do this. Google your name right now. No, after the podcast, please. (laughs) But you Google your name, Google your company name and see what the results are like on the first page. Now, if you have a common name, um, you know, there might be, you, you might only find yourself in one or two spots. So put your name and your company name, but you'll see you know, I guarantee you it's probably your website and then LinkedIn or Facebook and Twitter and a lot of your social handles. And, and Google does weigh them heavily in its algorithm. But you know what comes up next for the people who've been media savvy? Interviews. Yeah. Here's your interview with this news station or this magazine or this website. And so that's where your credibility really gets enhanced. Because if somebody's doing a keyword search in Google, like I want to talk small business COVID success story, right? Does your company name come up on the first page? Right. You know, so you that that that's how being in the media can help your credibility, help your business increase brand awareness. Absolutely, and then right. repurposing it even on YouTube for your own brand. A hundred percent. All right. First, this is fantastic information. I really hope this is helping our, our women and minority business owners, um, you know, better enhance their position in the media, becoming experts in their uh, in their respective fields and markets. Uh, let's get into the lightning round, as I call it. So we're kind of towards the end of the podcast, and I just want to talk about some tips that we can give our listeners. So we'll focus on equipment, appearance, and content. How about that? So let's start with, uh, and these are just very technical issues that will help them, you know, um, uh, put a better face forward. So equipment, what, what should they be looking at um, when it comes to Zoom and podcasts, et cetera? Right. What's so interesting now is that a good majority of stations are still doing these Zoom interviews for even morning show appearances and that type of thing. And you could be, you know, on in LA and you're doing it from your office, you know. So equipment is more important than ever right now. And it doesn't have to be expensive. It really does not. Mm-hmm. Um, having a good microphone is a good idea. Having something that you can plug into your computer is always smart. Um, and just having a clean background. I mean, just really remember that 
whatever is around you or in the focal point at all reflects you in your brand. So if it's a little, you know, messy in a certain area or something that is distracting, that is an easy fix. Like just go and, you know, go and get a couple little plants or whatever it might be, just make it clean and um, really focus on your messaging. Like, for example, your background is always very um, just transparent. I mean, I love that. What you see is what you get. Exactly. No, I yeah. love it. And it's, I'm not looking anywhere else when I'm, you know, interviewing with you because I see you and that's the only thing that I'm, I'm looking at. That's so important um, to have as well. Um, and lights, you know, you can go to a hardware store and pick up just a couple of lights. You always want to make sure that, the light is coming at you. It should not be from behind you. So for example, a lot of people make these mistakes on Zoom and I'm always having to fix it. They will sit behind or in front of a window. And so the computer will be in front of them. That's them. And then there's a big window blowing out the, the their appearance. Right. So these are just the little adjustments that could easily fix and make you look far more professional. And this translates not just for TV, but any of your Zoom interviews or colleague meetings or whatever, you really want to look more professional. Other thing is, you know, try to remember your appearance overall. And um, I have a funny story where I, uh, I Thank goodness this is not my attorney that I'm representing, but he was telling me that the, in the trades, they were talking about an attorney who um, did a Zoom interview and he was live in Miami on the air and uh, he was shirtless. And I'm like, what? Realize, what? I mean, literally a, an attorney who's shirtless. There was another one who was laying in bed trying to do a Zoom. I, I mean, you hear all kinds. And, wow. and I did an interview um, with a very successful uh, person out of um, New York and he looked very put together and he was sitting on his bed. I'm like, no, we can't do that. No, yeah, we, yeah. we got to get to an office. We got to fix it up a little bit. So these are little things that people overlook. They think, oh, it's Zoom. Nobody's going to care. They, they do care. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, nobody's going to say no, but unless you're shirtless, but <laughs> right, right. But it, it reflects your ongoing brand. And it comes back to that same point that I'm talking about, that we want to reuse these videos for you long term. So right. what you're doing now could be reflective of what you and your brand looks like in a year. So keep that in mind when you got stuff behind you that you might go, God, I should have rethought that. Um, so that, that would just really be my, my biggest thing. The, um, and we can put some resources to some very, in, in your comments, we can put some resources to some very easy, um, inexpensive microphones off Amazon, a couple lights off of Amazon. You don't need to go crazy. You really do not, right. but it makes a big difference. I a hundred percent agree. Uh, when COVID hit and I saw that the zoom was going to be kind of a, uh, a replacement for a lot of the conferences that I would attend to attend and whatnot. I invested in a decent webcam. I got my Yeti microphone and I got ring lights and side lights. Yeah. And you know what? It makes a world of difference. It really yeah. does. Uh, yeah. and, and by the way, always make sure your camera is clean. Yes. Right. I had, I had uh, somebody I was talking to, and I had to say to them, is that, is that jelly on your camera or did somebody get murdered in your room last night? <laughs> because Not I, a good couldn't, I couldn't see him. I, I kept going, is that, is that you? Are you in there? Because 
uh, you're not obviously you're not seeing what I'm seeing. Right. But yeah. that you know that that's key. Uh, uh, so equipment, great advice. Appearance, great advice. You know, comb your hair. Yes. Or a t-shirt. That's right. Well, I, I understand casual and stuff like that. And people make fun of me. My clients will make fun of me. When I'm in this, I always wear a jacket and, and, a, and, a, and a dress shirt. Yep. And you know what? Better be overdressed than underdressed. That's Look right. at the part that you want people to think you of uh, the person you are. You know, don't wear some silly gimmicky T-shirt, unless, of course, it's your own company and your own brand. You know, and that's another question I'll bring up. Um, so I, get, I get that question a lot. What should I wear for my interview? And should I wear a logoed polo shirt or something of that nature? It really depends on what type of, very true to what you just said. What do you want people to remember you image-wise? So right, right. polo shirt with a logo, is that logo really going to stand out as much or the fact that you're wearing a polo shirt instead of a suit? So you got to keep those things in mind, especially higher level um, executives or whoever your demographic is. You want to reflect your demographic. You want to look the part that you're trying to communicate with. Um, That's very important, uh, whether it's Zoom or whatever. uh, But when you go into a news station, what you're wearing there is dead on. I would want my clients always to wear a button down shirt and a blazer for gentlemen, uh, women to wear a brightly colored blouse, no patterns. Um, and patterns also when it comes to zoom or any of these other interviews, try to avoid patterns on clothing because it is distracting and takes away from the messaging. But, um, these are little fine tuned things. Uh, and you know, I'll put that resource to my uh, downloadable free PDF. It just gives like, you know, a color guide and stuff like that helps for, for attire. And, and then we'll wrap it up with content. So we talked about equipment, uh, appearance, and content. EAC is the acronym. You can remember it. But lastly, know what you're going to say. So never go, never go into an interview blind. Like, oh, I wonder what they're going to want to talk to me about. Get as much information as you can. Um, and whether it's your interview, meaning you're conducting it or you're being interviewed, However you're using media, you, you have to know what the questions are going to be, or at least what the topic is going to be, and what are the three to five takeaway points you want to share with your listeners and the audience? Right. Yes. Uh, and there are so many different directions I can go, so wrap me up when we need to on time, but right. content is key. Uh you most reporters will not depending on the type of story won't give you a full list of the questions but they will give the general topic be prepared if it is tv or radio or uh you know something that's going to be a three to five type of uh, minute interview you really want to get your messaging down so each question is answered in less than 45 seconds um i do a lot of practice with my clients especially in the beginning where i'll ask a sample question and then they'll answer and i'll have a timer on it say okay that's it that's where we cut you off. You got to, and it's so easy when we're doing formats like this, where we just talk and talk and talk, but, and, and that becomes second nature. But then my clients go on TV and they go, oh my gosh, that went by so fast. I didn't say this, this, and this. So you have to have your talking points down about the points that you want to make. Yeah. And I always think, you know, think about debates. So when a, you know, candidate is asked a question, uh, they oftentimes will say, that's a very good question. 
And they really don't answer that question, but then they say, but let me just mention this, you know, and so they always have their key talking points as well. I typically don't advise that for a normal general news story, but if you're in a situation where it's a controversial subject, know your talking point and where you stand on it, and you can find ways to avoid answering things that you don't want to. Um, And that brings me to my last point, content. You've got to make sure that you don't get put into a conversation or a news story that could potentially be controversial to your brand. Um, I have a client um, who asked me last week, hey, I really wish it's in the wellness space. I really want to talk about COVID and wellness, but I, you know, this is kind of an activist group talking about um, how they believe COVID has been overblown. What do you think? So, well, Keep in mind that we can get your talking points down all day long, but you got to know in the bigger picture where that story is going to end up. So if you're being interviewed for something, you're even a man on the street and you're like, gosh, I'm going to be able to, you know, get on the news. I want to comment on this. You should ask that question. What's the station? What's the outlet? What's the narrative? Where's it going to go? Because if my client, for example, answers her little soundbite properly, but it goes on some, you know, uh, conspiracy theory podcast or something that goes a different direction, she's now virally attached to something that is not representative of where she needs to be objective. Right. So I always say, really be clear about what you're walking into, because it happens every day in big cities. You walk, a reporter comes up, hey, can you comment on this? We want to hear what you think about the election. What do you think about this? Well, these are hot button issues people want to talk about. They say something, now all of a sudden, oh gosh, it hit the news. Now all of my clients who might skew a certain way for politics now know I'm opposite. That, you know, are you ready for that? Do you want to do that? So you have to keep in mind the end uh, narrative a lot uh, these days in the media. That is such great advice. And I I really, I think that is probably the most, one of the most important takeaways here is that what you say online or on Zoom can last for all eternity. That's right. So, so, you know, pay me big bucks to fix (laughs) They're like, God, I didn't know that was going to happen. So I try to be. (laughs) <laughs> Choose your words carefully. And what I'll say for our listeners, who all, most of whom will be small business owners, entrepreneurs, passionate business owners, what I will say is always have your main feature and your main benefit to whatever it is you're saying. Yeah. So what's the feature, but then what's the benefit to your listeners? You know, how can they benefit from what you're saying? That's when you will you know, create the initial tie to them and you'll strengthen it as you continue to share the benefits. Here's what I do and here's how it can help you. Right. Absolutely. I I couldn't agree more. And I love your podcast because it's so full of content and advice that a lot of people aren't thinking about because we all get tunnel, tunnel vision, you know, and it's really easy to get stuck in your own business. And then when you hear these ideas, you're like, oh, I see how that could apply to me. All right, I'm going to leave it on that note. <laughs> you you praise my podcast. We're out. No, I'm, yes, I'm kidding. I'm perfect. kidding. Yes, I, Christine, I, this is this is bad. <laughs> <laughs> this has been fantastic. It really has. And, and honestly, this is not a a topic that I have covered very much, as you know, in my podcast. And shame on me for not you know waiting until today to address it. But I really feel like you are the, the, one of the best people to talk to my audience about ways that they can get ready for the media and becoming an expert in their chosen field 
not a guru, not a ninja, but somebody to be taken seriously and, and not to make any mistakes along the way that could hurt them and hurt their business and their brain. Yes. So thank you so much for this. Um, you, you have been fantastic. Uh, real quick, how can, uh, if people wanted to connect with you, either on social media or what are ways that people can connect with you and learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, I just go to christinehaas.com, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-H-A-A is an apple, S is in Sam. And you can find me at Christine Haas Media on Instagram and Christine Haas on Facebook. I'm on all those those lovely sites. You know, we've got to put them out and all that social media resource is really important these days for any business owner. So find me anytime. I'm going to give you that free handout as well. Great. For media and uh, they can, you know, always email me any tips, questions about how to pitch the media on their own. I'm always a great resource to try to get, bounce it off of me. I'll be happy to answer free of charge. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Thank you. And you know what? That's why we're, you know, yeah. we think so well together is yeah. because we think alike in that sense, just wanting to help business owners. You've helped uh, me so much. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. Okay, everybody, I hope you took a lot of notes. I hope you have some great takeaways. I want to hear about your success stories in the media. Tell me how Christine's advice today, how you implemented into your business, and how you were able to see a good return on your investment. For everybody who's listening, this has been a special edition of the Small Business Edge podcast. We're developing these series of podcasts and webcasts for women and minority business owners to help them run better companies, to navigate 2020, and to hit the ground running in 2021. Uh, You can find all our podcasts, webcasts, and contents on smallbusinessedge.com and look for the tab at the top for our SBE bootcamp. With that, I'm Brian Moran, CEO of Small Business Edge, and I hope you join us again for another podcast. Take care, everybody, and have a great day. You've been listening to the Small Business Edge podcast with Brian Moran, sponsored by Pitney Bones. Please visit our website, smallbusinessedge.com, for a listing of future podcasts.